You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft with your host, Daniel Garen, Mitch Wolf. Mitch, it's Draft Week. Back for our second episode of Draft Week. How you doing today? Doing good. Excited to be getting ever, ever closer to uh, what I deem my Christmas. Uh, almost more like Hanukkah because it's a few days long, but whatever religious festival you want to compare it to. Uh, but yeah, one of my favorite few days of the year. Yep, it's fantastic. Uh uh, I will be spending it slightly differently. I will not be uh, blackout drunk on the night of the draft celebrating a Greg Newsome selection, but uh, <laughs> I will be doing a lot more responsible things. Um, being blacked out drunk and tweeting about the NFL draft. <laughs> uh, growth. That's what we'd love to see. <laughs> Maturity. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we're talking about the offensive line today. Um so we're going to start on the interior offensive line, um, guards and centers here. Um, so uh, do you want to start us out with your number five player? Yeah, so my number five player is uh, Justin Schaefer, guard from Georgia. And, you know, we're going to have a few Georgia players here, honestly. Um, I, you know, Georgia obviously runs a very run-heavy power run scheme, and I just like Schaefer's ability to come in and contribute immediately. You know, he's going to be a good run blocker and mostly man gap schemes can do some zone stuff. Uh, really good pop in his hands gets the second level decently. Well, uh, I just think he is a, like, he's not elite in really anything. I wouldn't, I'd almost say like there are very few things he's very good in, but solid all around player that can come in, you know, be a starter if you need to be, might, might, might take some lumps early, but solid player through and through. Which Georgia lineman was that? Uh, Justin Schaefer. Schaefer? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I didn't even take notes about him, to be <laughs> honest. So I'll have to go back and watch him again. Um, yeah. So my number five. Um, ugh, there's <laughs> just a slog of four guys that are all just super close. So I, I'll, I guess I'll give those other five guys i'll give the other four a shout out at the end i guess um but my number five is uh cam jurgens okay from nebraska um i mean when you look at cam jurgens i think he provides a lot of versatility to be able to do um pretty much whatever you need out of your center i don't think he has the best anchor i don't think he has super powerful hands but i do think he has um good uh lateral mobility i think his footwork is solid i think he could uh i i think he could use slightly better hand placement i think it's inconsistent at times but i think he plays fairly well balanced he has good flexibility and he's an elite athlete 9.94 ras score um, I think he is the guy where if you're looking at a, uh, if you are running a zone, uh, wide zone scheme, I think third, fourth round, he's a guy to look at as your center. Um, again, I just think when we look at, for me, these interior guys, there's just a whole mess of guys that are third rounders. Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't have them because I I kind of have them a tier below some of these guys, but um, but yeah, there's a bunch of centers that are in that kind of late third round range. Um, most of them are kind of zone specific guys. Uh, and there's a, even a few guards or uh, guys who play tackle in college that'll kick inside at the next level that I like at guard. But yeah, there's I definitely agree with you. There's a a big big uh, cloud of guys there that I think you're gonna see them go before the end of day. Th- day two 
uh, it's just kind of hard to predict exactly who's going to be like the first one or who's the, who exactly is the best. They're all really close. Yeah. So uh, who's your number four? My number four is the other Georgia guard, Jamari Sawyer. And uh, he played a bit of left tackle. They moved him to left guard, uh, mostly in the championship game, uh, but they moved around a little bit because he's only six, two. So kind of an Isaiah win type also at Georgia, but you know, again, pretty similar player to, to Schaefer. Uh, I would say a bit better of a run blocker, maybe a slightly worse pass blocker, uh, but really good puller. Uh, absolutely depletes some dudes. He's a big dude, 6'2", 321. So, you know, I, I think I, I've been pretty consistently mocking him to the Ravens in the third round just because he just fits exactly what they want to just have these big, powerful guards that just maul people in the run game. Um, not, again, maybe not the best athlete in terms of uh, getting out in space and such but yeah just absolutely uh a road grader in the run game so it for teams that you know run a more gap heavy scheme this is your guy yeah so i i i had general concerns about his uh foot speed Mm -hmm. um and and also didn't love his balance but again a guy that is uh i think in a pinch you can kick him out to tackle uh he was my number six okay so he, he just barely missed it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do like Jamari Sailor a good bit. Um, my number four is a guy where I don't see the standout trait. I just think he's overall can a very consistent player. And that's Ed Ingram mm. from LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the most of these uh, third round guys. I think he is the most, um, well-rounded i don't i think there's a lot of guys that have one thing or another that's better Mm -hmm. i think he is just going to be a plug-and-play low-end starter Mm -hmm. i don't think he'll ever be good like a good starter i just think he is a starter yeah i have i i don't i didn't put ed ingram on my list uh because i mostly because i think that he's gonna go at least around later than whatever grade he's given because of his off the field history which is pretty bad uh even relative to draft prospect standards um but i I do agree with that he's a good football player he uh stuck out the senior bowl was a really good blocker there but yeah i just think that whatever team drafts him is going to have some explaining to do yeah it's going to be he is again just uh he's going to be a start it's just i i don't know where he goes draft wise but he is a guy where i think he is a plug and play starter so depending on who drafts him obviously if you're picked on day three you're not expected to start and some some team may pick him that doesn't necessarily need that starter but i don't see i think I think a team that gets pretty desperate for a starting guard is going to pick him up in the fourth round. Oh yeah. Like if, if yeah, you could be drafted, not expect to start and he could come in and take some of these job who have, they have like a weak pair of guards. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with you yeah. there. Uh, we do where are we are at number three now. Number three. Yes. Okay. My number three is Kenyon green guard from Texas A&M uh, played. I think every position except center there. Um, Correct. Actually, yeah. So uh, big dude, 6'4", 324, has the size, the athletic ability to play tackle. Uh, probably just better at guard, though. Um, he's a younger player. He's only a true junior. Needs a decent bit of technical refinement. Uh, would like to see him stick on his blocks a little longer. Uh, but he has that. He has a good killer mentality in terms of finishing blocks. Uh, very powerful in the run game. I think he's a little bit better in gap schemes versus zone schemes. Uh, smart in pass protection, you know, all you know, all the athletic ability and strength is there. Just needs a little bit more uh, technique work on the with the feet and the hands in terms of placement and timing. Um, but I am a little concerned about his athletic ability. Like when he tested the combine, it was not very good, and he also just his body was very sloppy. Like he was kind of spilling out of his t-shirt, which weird that wearing a t-shirt there basically, and was falling down in the drills a lot. So. In terms of an NFL fit, I like to see him go to a team that doesn't really ask their guards to move around a ton. I uh, just want to keep him kind of in the between the between the B and the A gap. Don't get him out <laughs> moving a lot. Otherwise, he's going to kind of look silly. Yeah, he, he he is a guy where 
when I watched him at first, I was extremely impressed. And then you see the flaws with where, you know, it, it's not necessarily that he's a bad athlete. It's that he is just pretty average there <laughs> athletically. And, and I just can't see, I don't get the first round buzz with him. I wouldn't take him in the first just because I have an issue taking a guy that's a average average athlete that doesn't have that elite trait yeah i i just i i i'm like even i i'll mock him in the first because i think he's going in the first but like there's our guys that are average athletes like let's say for even size wise like Traylon burks is like above average probably but mm-hmm. like he at least is elite for this class with the ball in his hands what where is the one skill that Kenyon Green is just the best in this class or near the best in this class at? I just, I don't, I don't see it. And I just don't think, I, I think if you're looking at him on day two, I think he's going to be a good solid starter for you. I just, I don't want him in round one. Yeah. I think that again, in the vacuum, maybe not a first round pick, but I think, yeah. There, especially where he's kind of being mocked in that range, like the teams that are there are good fits for him, like your Tampa Bays, your Dallas Cowboys, uh, your Tennessee Titans, because they're not going to be asking their guards to be some of their best athletes. So he'll be able to survive. And he is only a junior. So, you know, there's time for him to kind of get his body in a bit better shape that might help him a little bit. And obviously, he's got uh, room to grow in terms of technique. So, as much as you can bet on upside in a guard, I think that's kind of why that's happening. And I get why like some people might still have him as their top guard because he has the room to grow and he's still got a pretty high floor, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that there are some flaws that need to be corrected, but still, I think he'd be able to come in and be a day one starter for most teams. And I think obviously he'd be more effective in specific schemes. Yeah. And, and I, I think there's a pretty sizable, decent gap here between my top two between him and the top guard well i I, that's good i like to hear that but so is he your number three as well then yes he is number three okay i'll let you go first on your number i guess i would assume he'd be your number two person and then yes number two uh interior number one guard zion johnson from boston college Uh, i'll just go real quick i know this is your guy (laughs) being the boston college guy i'll just uh get my thoughts uh really quick here um on zion johnson um I absolutely think just a tremendous athlete. I think he has versatility to play start at the all three interior spots uh, center. We'll see, but definitely both guard spots possibility of center. And then in a pinch, either tackle. Um, I think he's a very, very highly intelligent player. I think he is very competitive as well. I think he has pretty good flexibility. I think, his hand power and is probably I don't want to say it's his worst trait, but like it might be just because he's so good across the board. Mm-hmm. It's not bad yeah. by any means. I would say it's above average. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think he has decent placement, hand placement. I I think my favorite trait has to be lateral mobility with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also just like this guy is ready to be physical yeah <laughs> it, it though those have to be my two favorite things about him but i'll i'll let you uh go a little bit on your guy zion johnson yeah so the thing with zion is that he is ready to be an nfl starter right now in essentially any offense any scheme you want to put him in and i think he is if you plug him in on any team he is immediately a top half of all starting guards in the NFL. I do think I, with that being said, I I don't think he's a perfect prospect. Obviously he's shorter. Um, He doesn't have is he tested incredibly, but I don't think that translates as great to on field. So he's not that elite prospect that, you know, your Quentin Nelson's or your Zach Martins were in the past. Like I, he's not that, but he is able to come in and be a starter in basically any scheme. And like you said, 
great out of his stance, uh, has good power in his hands, uh, good ability to execute both gap and zone assignments. I would say my one of one of the few flaws is when he's climbing the second level on certain zone assignments, he gets a little lost and can get out athleted, but that's kind of naturally going to happen uh, in college with much smaller linebackers. So that makes sense, but absolutely rock solid in pass protection. Um, just doesn't get beat. Doesn't get bull rushed. He's so strong. I think my, I would say his best trait is his like anchor and his lower body strength. Like he just doesn't get moved once he drops the anchor at all. And I think he, he has rarely given up any sacks, any pressures from the guard position. Uh, like you said, extremely physically tough, tenacious as a blocker. Like it doesn't show up as much the last two seasons, but when he was, in 2019, when he was their left guard and they would just pull him on counter power, like every play, he was just massacring dudes coming off, uh, coming around to the pull on the power encounter. So, and he's obviously extremely intelligent, uh, got his master's degree in cybersecurity governance and policy. Uh, great story in terms of like building up his body from a triple option guard weighing like 250 pounds to now being 312 pounds. And like I said, comparing him to Kenyon green, who I said is a sloppy body, which is rich coming from me, but Zion Johnson's body, like for a 312 pound person, like it doesn't look like he has a shred of fat on him. Like he is just incredibly built. He's a, you can tell he's dedicated to his craft in terms of honing his body and being dedicated to being a great football player. So maybe he can't be, you know, a top five guard of the NFL, but I think he's going to be a consistent above average to good starter who, you know, will make a few pro bowls here and there. So, yeah, I mean, Zion, I went to BC Zion Johnson, my guy, I love his story. I think he's going to be a great player for pretty much any team that drafts him. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's easily a first round pick. Um, I guess that takes us to our number one guy here on the interior offensive line. I'm assuming it's the same guy. I would hope so. Uh, yeah, it was a guy I liked a lot of tackle. It's a Thayer Munford. <laughs> God, I hate you. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, uh, it, it's Tyler Linderbaum. Mm-hmm. Good athlete, incredible great, balance. Great athlete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, again, a former uh, state champ wrestler, I believe. Yep. Um, Beat Tristan Wirfs. Yep. Um, very, very good mobility. He is just, he can reach just about anybody you ask him to in a zone scheme. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's been a lot of people that have said you really need to be willing to help him in pass protection. I think he's fine. Like he needs a little bit of help occasionally, but like this is a, like, I think he has like his anchor is like, average Mm -hmm. which for someone that plays at 292 pounds or whatever he is Mm -hmm. having an average anchor at 292 pounds is insanity yeah i think for him he is also my number one for what it's worth i think that a lot of people think that they're going to be like few and far like you need to basically build an offense around them such that you can ensure that there are a few instances where he can win on his own. I am of the opinion that I think that you don't necessarily need that. And I think there'll be a, there'll be few and there'll be a few occasions where he loses one-on-one, but I think that he's going to be good enough in the, in the majority of those times where you're willing to like take those losses here and there. And I, I do think that again, he's not gonna be fit for everybody. I think in certain divisions in the NFL where every team like has a massive, zero one tech nose tackle like that's gonna be a problem for him so if you i i can't think of one off the top of my head right now um but in certain divisions that like maybe even the afc north because like you'll have to play the steelers the uh rate like let's say like the browns drafted him if they had a first round pick like yeah yeah and, and like yeah you're looking at shelvin is obviously they the Bengals have tried DJ, to draft. DJ reader. Yeah. They've tried to bring in that bigger body. Yeah. Um, at nose and obviously uh the Steelers and Ravens have traditionally played someone there. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. We're like, I think, you know, those teams like, all right, you know, that's there. He's not for us. He doesn't fit our scheme. And, but I, I think yeah, that which, like, to be fair, I think a lot, and I've done it before one to mock him to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. It, when you consider that it's a little tough. Yeah. I just totally for, just for the divisional opponents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I, I, you know, I say all that. I do think that some of the concerns about his ability to execute 
in like power man gap schemes are over. I think those are a little overblown. Like I, I know I was modernized a little bit, but it's Iowa. Like he's going to be a good man gap blocker. Like, come on, let's be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, I just think that, you know, aside from the size concerns and, you know, the subsequent concerns about like play strength and anchor, I just really find it hard to find flaws in, in him as a prospect. You know, there's really nothing about him that is aside from those size and strength issues that are below average or even average. Like, it, like you said, like anchor, probably play strength, probably, but at least uh, reactive play strength in, you know, when he's past block, when it's proactive play strength, when he's being aggressive, it's, it's good. So, yeah, I mean, it's a shame because he is such a good prospect. Like, I mean, the one, I think like, I, I originally thought like maybe the Eagles would draft him. He can be kind of the heir apparent to Travis, to a Jason Kelsey, but I'm not sure it's going to happen anymore. So like, I think, I think there's a decent chance he falls out of the first round now, which would be a shame, but yeah, I mean, he's just a really good, fundamentally solid, solid player across the board. Yeah, no, no, he's just very, very good. I, I think, in the right circumstances, he is a guy who can be a consistent Pro Bowl center mm-hmm. in the right circumstances. But, yeah, I I am very high on him. To be fair, I had Zion Johnson fairly close as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are both very, very good. Um, and, and I'll get to it a little bit later. Um, I do have a take with uh, – it's not as hot with – where I have Linderbaum in the overall scheme of things, but let me tell you where I have Zion Johnson overall is on the offensive line is fairly hot take. So uh, let's get to the, is offense. He, wait, hang on, hang on. Is he top? Wait, are you saying in your overall rankings, of offensive lineman or in your like overall board of prospects, overall offensive lineman. Okay. Then I'll wait for that. Don't want to spoil okay. that yet. Yeah. Um. So let's go to our offensive tackles now. Um. I mean, this is, there are three players that are very good in this class. And mm-hmm. then there's the rest of this class. Um, but uh, again, there, we'll get to, I'm higher on one guy, but uh, well, who's your number? I'll, I, I'll actually start this one since you started the last one. My number five guys, uh, Bernard Raymond from central mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, do I think he's good? boy is that quite the question that is uh pretty tough to answer to be quite honest um if i had to pick a side i think i'd lean no (laughs) um which is a problem given he is my number five offensive tackle in this draft um he's very athletic former tight end um he has decent balance and decent lateral mobility. And I don't think his anchor is bad. I, his lengths, he, his arms are fairly short. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think his pass sets are to the point to where they need to be. Um, I think his hands are su- super inconsistent. I think he needs a lot of improvement in terms of footwork. I don't think he has above average power and, and I just, man, it's, can he be a starter? Sure. But like, I, I don't see it, man. I think this is like a starter. Like I have a third round grade on him, like a late, late third. I just, I don't know if this is like, I don't see how this guy can go around one. And he, he's been a potential late round one. I just, I, even with how, how much of a drop off there is in this tackle class. I, I don't see it. Yeah. So he's my number six guy. And I, I I watched him recently for this purpose and I watched him at senior bowl. And I was like, this guy, the way he bends to make blocks is very concerning. Like he bends in his back, not in his waist. He's not flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a problem. Um, and then I went back and watched some of his games and the first game I was still had a lot of concerns. Like it was fine, but not great. Then I watched the, the second game, which was the LSU game. And I was actually very pleasantly surprised. Thought he was pretty good in that game against, you know, like he really shut down BJ Ojulari, who's going to be a high draft pick in the next few years. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I think he's a great athlete, obviously, you know, he's a converted tight end. Uh, but 
I, I think a lot of the tackles, honestly, in this class, like they're just getting so overhyped. And if they were kind of more in the range where they would be, should be appropriately taken, like you said, like Bernard Raymond, like being a third round pick, then it'd be like, oh yeah, this is good. This is like a good developmental guy. You know, maybe he turns into something um, or otherwise he's a solid backup. But now these guys are getting hyped. It's like, oh, like he's going to be a first round pick and be like a start left tackle. It's like, oh boy, you're going to have some, a lot of issues there just because he struggles to deal with like a lot of pass rush moves and just being able to maintain his engagement and control and steer defenders. That's my biggest issue with Raymond. That's why he's not in my top five. Um, I, my comfort was Garrett Bowles, which is kind of like early career Garrett Bowles before he turned his career around, which is not the best uh, uh, support of him. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, my number five is Sean Ryan. Who's the offense tackle from UCLA. And okay, so Mm-hmm. Ryan was my number seven interior player. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so I liked Ryan a lot. <laughs> um, 6'4", 322, and he does have short arms like Raymond, but in the games I watched, that was never... Like, we've talked about this in our quarterback episode with Kenny Pickett. Like, you can see how those small hands become an issue. I never saw the, the, the short arms for Ryan be an issue. Uh, I thought he moved quite well. I thought he has good power uh they asked they asked him to get i think my biggest issue with him was getting out in space is when he has to get into the second level or pull and like get out in space and block somebody he does not look good but as a tackle in the phone booth really good power controls his defender well in pass and run protection uh really i really love his pass sets he's really smooth along the arc as a tackle which i i originally thought he would have to kick to guard but after rewatching, so i was like man this guy's i think he can do it uh I just really liked everything about his game. And he's, this is the other problem with Raymond is that with Ryan, he's a junior. So like 21 years old, 22 years old, Raymond is 27 years old. By the time Raymond, if Raymond is a first 20, round pick, isn't he 25 Raymond? Yes. No. Oh, sorry. Yes, he is. Sorry. He's 24. He'll be 25 uh, in the middle of the season. My bad. Um, but so by the time Raymond is done with his rookie deal, he'll be 30 years old and you're asking him, you're projecting a lot of his skills and like you're asking him to fix a lot. So you're asking an older prospect to fix a lot of technical issues with Ryan. I think the issues are just more endemic to him as a prospect, but there are not, I don't think there are a ton of technical issues you need to solve. And there are ways within a scheme. You can say, all right, like we're just not going to ask you to do certain things where you're not comfortable. And I think that if he goes to a scheme where, or if he goes to the NFL and he does struggle and he has to he has to move to guard, which would ask him to get out in space and climb to second level a lot. That would be concerning. But I really do think he can survive as a tackle in this league. I was very impressed by his film. Yeah, I, I did not. I I didn't hate Ryan, and I don't think he can't play tackle. I just think I would. I think he's going to play guard. It is my thing. So I graded him as a guard. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I just think that's where the NFL is going to see him. Uh, yeah. But uh, going on to uh, number four for me, I'm not a hundred percent sure if you're going to have this guy in your top five, <laughs> he is consensus top five, but I don't just from conversations we've had, I'm not hundred percent sure it's uh, Trevor Penning. No, he's, he's my number four. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't okay. like it, but he's there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I definitely think he is a good bit better than uh, Bernard Raymond. I agree with that. Uh, he's very athletic. He's strong. He yeah, has a, that's, that's true. <laughs> he has a, solid anchor the the rest of his game um not great he holds a lot oh buddy does he (laughs) all the time you keep going i'm gonna get the stat keep going yeah um it's a lot of holding it's uh i would guess at least once a game um he has a tendency to while he is holding um throw players to the ground and this is uh this was a big big thing during the senior bowl because in individual uh one-on-ones he would throw ends into where the quarterback's knees would be yeah he almost ended desmond river's career yeah which is not ideal yep 
Because the number one, the most important thing is to protect the quarterback, um, not to hurt the quarterback. It's kind of the whole point of being an offensive lineman. And he sometimes fails to do that because he decides he wants to be an asshole. Yeah. Um, which, like, you love the aggressiveness. I'm always pro being an asshole. I was to say, he's like, he's like if you gave Kate Otten the Bane serum. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I love Kate Otten. It, we're going a little bit overboard here. Yeah. Uh, just, a, just a tad overboard. If we can... Now, we've said it before. We'd rather be a little over-aggressive and have to coach it out of you than not be aggressive enough and have to try to get that out of you. But we do need to, we do need to bring it down a little bit, like a good bit. Mm-hmm. We're at like, oh, we're at like 200%. We need to add 100. We need to cut this, uh, this in half here. Trevor Penning would be great in NFL street. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, the, the all-time goat was Chad Ochocinco. Yeah, oh, no question. <laughs> in, in NFL Street, but yeah, um, no. So here's the stat. So in 2021, in uh, this looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In 12 games, he had 16 penalties. Actually, 19, because three were offsetting or declined. Oh, God, so he had that's 19, more than I thought. <laughs> yeah, he had 19 penalties. Uh, there was only one game where he didn't have any. Uh a lot of them were too. And from what I understand and watching his film, a lot of these are holdings and unnecessary roughnesses. These are not. And even yeah, if they were like false sense. starts, it's like, oh, that's concerning. In 2020, uh, let's see how many games. They, and this was during the spring season. So it would have been less games. In 2020, in six games, at least those that are graded by PFF, he committed eight penalties, uh, three in the first game. In 2019, in, I believe this was 12 games as well. Actually, 13 games, he had 12 penalties. So the penalties have gone up. <laughs> as he has played more, he has committed, decided to commit more penalties. And like you said, it is due to him just being a jerk. And he does it when he beats people. He doesn't want people to beat him. So, you know, you may say like, oh, like he may draw defenders into doing penalties. Yeah, but he's also going to call for this too. And he's probably going to get himself thrown out of games because of how out of control he plays and that extends not only to his you know extracurricular activities but also just says like how he plays the position like he is still just trying to win on like pure i'm bigger and stronger and more athletic than you and which at that level he absolutely yeah it works a good amount of time but sometimes it doesn't and like there's a lot of refinement that needs to take place with his feet and his hands and he also doesn't have the longest arms. So I, I think there's still like, you know, people, are, there's like talk. He's like, oh, like this guy is like on the level of the other top three guys. And I just can't, I just can't get behind that whatsoever. I, I think that there's, I think he's going to have a lot. I think if he's having holding in these kind of issues at, at the FCS level, it's going to be worse than the NFL. Now, I think that if he has a good offensive line coach that can iron out a lot of those technical issues, he could turn into a decent player. And I think that that is possible with him because of all the physical traits are there. I get that, you know, in the run game, he's a dog. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, he, he is my top five. I don't love it. Like I think in a perfect world, I would want to have Sean Ryan ahead of him, but Penning's upside is just too high. If you do get out those things corrected. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, Northern Iowa tackle prospects. Do you prefer him or Spencer Brown? I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch Spencer Brown because I couldn't find film on him. So, uh, but like when I was at the Senior Bowl, I was very impressed with Spencer Brown. Um, and I liked him a decent bit. Uh, so I, I think they're fairly close. I, I think they're a lot closer than people think. I agree with that. Spencer Brown went at pick 93. Yeah. So I, I think you're. I think you start to see where where the issues we have with Penning. Yeah, like in. here's the thing. Like I don't think he's not Trevor, a bad prospect. No, but is he is he worth taking two sixty four picks earlier than Spencer Brown? Absolutely not. No, because he's still that developmental tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, he's still developmental. He's not. I. 
I think he will start day one. I don't think he will be ready to start day one. No. Um, so uh, guess we'll move on to number three. And again, this top three, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where uh, these guys shake out for us. I think they're all fairly close. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I might be different. Then I'm definitely, I think I'm different in the consensus and I might be I different than you. Definitely different. Than oh, consensus. okay. Here we go. This will be fun. All right, cool. Let's do this. My number three player is Ikem Ekwanu. Let's go. Uh, yeah, uh, he's a lot of people's number one. Yeah, I don't uh, get that at all. Yeah. Great lateral mobility. Yep. Good power. Mm-hmm. Decent anchor. Yeah, good. I'd say, yeah, good anchor for sure. Yeah. Uh, He's versatile. Mm-hmm. Good athlete. Uh, has anyone considered taking some time with him to go over how to um, pass block? Because <laughs> his sets, his vertical sets are not good. Yeah. Uh, like it, it gets, it, there's some points it's rough. In play action, fantastic. Mm-hmm. When he can be the aggressor, he is a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. It's just in the NFL, you can't just can constantly be the one going forward. Yeah, you have especially to because get in the true vertical sets yeah. as a tackle, and especially because at the NFL level, like he's going to be a smaller tackle at six four three ten. Like at college, with his movement ability and strength That's like, like ideal guard size yeah which i i do think he can stick a tackle because of that yes, movement yes, ability um and it's funny when i watched him i was like okay like this is pretty good and i think i was watching 2020 film action i was like all right like he's just got to fix he had a lot of issues with his hands placement and i was like all right he's got to fix that and then i'll be on the train next game i watched was 2021 and his hands were a lot better i was like all right good like yep like everything is is above is average or above average. Like I see it. Like there's some stuff that's really good. Like obviously the finishing ability, like you said, the power, the athletic ability, like I get that all. I just think that like the, the good thing about all these three guys, is they're all good players. They're all good prospects. You're kind of just like nitpicking and what you like to see in guys. Um, and so like just me nitpicking, like I just think Ekwanu is just a, a tiny step behind the other two guys that I have ahead of him. Um, but I do like him as a prospect. Like I, I think that he's going to be a solid tackle wherever he goes. I think he can fit in most schemes and I think he can be very successful. Like my comp for him is Trent Williams. If everything gets ironed out, like that's, I think the ceiling for him. Yeah, I can see that again. It's just going to take some work. Yeah. And, and he's, and he's a young player, but like has, has a very athletic family background, which I don't, a lot of teams like. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think like, like some of these other guys that we talk about are right, like, they've got all these issues and it's like, oh, I'm worried about it. But I think with this guy, you have that time. And I think with the right coaching staff, like he has shown the ability where it's like, all right, I've got this problem. I'm going to fix it. And then he fixes it over time. And so I think that with that, you know, it, it might take most of his rookie year, but by year two, I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, was he your number three as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, then did you want to go your number two? Yeah, now I'm wondering if it might be the same across the board. So my number two is Charles Cross. Oh, God, it is. <laughs> yeah, it would be different. Um, yeah, I didn't think I'd like Charles Cross as much as I did, uh, just because, you know, you kind of have that air raid stigma uh, that you get with guys playing from a Mike Leach team. But, you know, I think we can kind of get out ahead of that. Yeah, the splits are wide. He gets an advantage against edge rushers a lot because of that um but you know unlike guys from this scheme in the past you know andre dillard comes to mind obviously um, i mean in this class alone you have a guy that used to play in the scheme ape lucas yeah and yeah exactly and even i was watching lucas and it, it it started out bad and then it got a little better but no like cross is not that kind of player like he is an absolute mauler in the run game like and he's very willing to get after it and take out guys uh really like obviously great athlete uh, for his size. Um, you know, he's, he's smaller again, six, four under 310 pounds. Uh, so, but he has great movement skills, really, ref- obviously really refined as a pass blocker. You know, his tape is excellent. there, taking out edge rushers. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I really just have, I have very few questions with Charles Cross. Like I think he can come in and play immediately. I'm not really concerned about pretty much anything to be honest. I just, 
I just don't think his ceiling is like because of his lack of size and not having, you know, the greatest power. Like, I don't think he has that ceiling to be like, oh, wow, this guy is like a dominant top 10 offense tackle in the NFL. But I think he's going to be a good starting solid NFL tackle. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to be a good pass blocker, and I think he will be above average as a run blocker. Um, again, I think he has good footwork and lateral mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's just going to be very, very dependable. And I think he is a guy where in the passing game, you can trust him to be a star day one. Now, a lot of teams are apparently having him work out as a right tackle just because once you get past those once you get outside of the Panthers and I think that's it, honestly, I think every Seahawks Seahawks, every other team outside those two need right tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, obviously um, believe Equanu played right. And I know Neil did. Um, mm-hmm. So those guys already have experience cross doesn't. Mm-hmm. So he, he's the one that, they've been working out as a right tackle just because he hasn't previously played the position. So I would expect him to be kicked over to that right side. Um, but yeah, he, he's just a very solid dependable player. I think. Yeah. And- I couldn't agree more. I mean, my confirm is to Ron Armstead and Armstead's a good bit better run blocker, but I thought that that was a pretty apropos comparison, especially with the possibility that he might fall to the saints. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that would be a steal if they got him there. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, big time. So that leaves our number one player, Evan Neal. Yeah, pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I think consensus is fairly split 50-50 between him and Aquanu. Yeah, I, I. the thing that I don't get at all is like, some, I feel like I saw somebody say like Aquanu's like, like a top five prospect. Maybe it was like the number one on their board overall, and I just c- couldn't believe it. <laughs> Oh, there's like big draft analysts. I believe uh was it Connor Rogers? I don't want to like yeah, okay, it was, it was Connor Rogers. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, and can't I believe get Joe that. Marino from the draft network as well has him one. Wow, that's that is crazy. And Brugler has him really high as well. Uh, he may be one for Brugler as well. Yeah, that's that's wild. I know he's the I know he's his top tackle. I can't remember if he yeah. has him one or two. It's wild. Uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, Evan Neal. Evan Neal's uh, really freaking good. <laughs> yeah, no, he is fantastic. And and the thing with Neal is the the weaknesses you see with Aquano, they aren't here. It, mm-hmm. They're they're gone. He's he's still a very good run blocker, still very good going forward. But you don't you don't have the same pass blocking concerns. Yeah, I think with Neal, like. I think you don't necessarily see that killer finishing instinct. Uh, just, I think I'd like to see him sustain his blocks a little longer, uh, finish with them with a little more violence. Uh, I think I'd like, it, there's a few technical issues with him in terms of uh, his hand placement, his hand consistency, that kind of stuff. But for a guy of that size, his feet are incredible. I mean, he's an incredible mover for his size. He's so well-built like you said, extremely versatile. Like you could play him at basically any position except center if you wanted uh, and he'd be a very good player. So I just, I think that the concerns with him are just like, all right, you know, can you, and I think a lot of the thing, the big thing is like, he hasn't played one position for more than one season. So like, if you get him locked into one position, it's like, all right, I, I know how to play this. Now I can fix these issues from this position. I can improve my game. So, you know, considering he's been like an all SEC player, I think at, at three positions across three seasons that that's pretty incredible considering like he had never played that well i think he had played them in high school but like he has had no consistency of where he's playing yeah he's just a phenomenal player and and again another guy this is neil was on uh bruce feldman's freaks list uh just insanely explosive uh, athlete Uh, i think he is has the best build out of all these guys especially considering that dude looks skinny at 340 pounds how yeah, I mean how do you look skinny at 340 pounds i don't i don't understand how it's f- physically possible to be in that good of shape yeah i feel like 
yeah, I mean, it's funny because you, you talk about like, oh, like getting guys in NFL locker rooms. It's like, well, Alabama is an NFL locker room. So he's <laughs> he's probably like at the most maxed out he can be. Basically. Yeah. And, like, and, and he that's looks incredible. still great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's nuts. And like, I think they're probably going to put some weight back on him to play to play in the NFL because they had him lose it so he could test better. But yeah, I mean, I think where do I have him overall my board? Yeah, I mean, he's a top five player for me in this class overall. Um I think he's, he's actually my top offensive player. He is so. also my top offensive okay. player. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just really have very. I believe he's things. third, second, or third. I okay. think he's third for me. Yeah. So we're about the same range. So, yeah. I mean, I just, again, don't have any, don't really have any concerns with him. I think that I'm trying to think of, I, I can't really see a way where he would like fail unless he like just completely gives up on like improving his craft or his body or like and keeping his body in check but yeah and i think it would have to be keeping his body in check just because like even if he doesn't improve his craft i think he's still like a starter yeah yeah i agree um so uh yeah i i want to go over here um well i was talking about earlier where i have zion johnson I have Zion Johnson as my third overall offensive lineman. Okay. Um, very, very close between three and four with him and Cross. Yeah, that's that's where I have him too. So it would be Neil, Cross, Zion, Equanu, Linderbaum, uh, Green, then Penning, and then I guess it'd be Ryan after that. Yeah. Where was Linderbaum in there? He's after Equanu, okay. but before Penning, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, do you I have, have? Do you where is? Do you have where Zion is in your overall rankings? Like your your big board. I, I don't have the overall. I have the offensive. Okay. Now, so he is one, two. Actually, I don't. I didn't. I forgot to put an interior guy, so I don't okay. actually have any of my interior guys in here yet. Okay. Well, Zion Johnson is my fifteenth overall prospect in this class. Yeah, I mean, just looking, I would expect him to be, like, around there for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this is – this is at the top, this class is fantastic. I don't love the depth of this offensive line class overall. Uh, yeah, where are depth, you on it? Yeah, I agree. I think that – again, I think part of it is just the tackles are just being pushed up. Like, like a guy like Tyler Smith going the first round, yeah, oh. we didn't even talk about him, but oh god, just and like like uh, you know, compared to a guy like Nicholas Petit Ferrer, like I get it with Smith, but man, just and he's young, but oh my god, there's so much to clean up. Like it is crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at guys like you said, like Raymond, like Darian Kennard, Abe Lucas, Tyler Smith, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, Daniel Falele, like bump all those guys down around. I'm like, all right, cool, but they're just getting pushed up to a yeah I, i'm out point. on Foyle. yeah completely. i am too i am too just guy can't move um yeah. i but I, what, I don't love canard either but i'm out canard i'm canard i would say move to guard yes yes yeah. i like him a lot better as a guard yeah um one guy i do like towards the in like day three as like and there aren't a ton of these guys but like a developmental tackle late in the draft matt will let's go uh out of north dakota okay i did not get to watch him i I did not watch. There's not a lot of North Dakota tape out there, but was really impressive at the senior bowl. And it's like, if you're going to take a flyer on one of these like small school, late, late round guys, cause there were a good amount of them at the senior bowl. Matt, well, goes my favorite. Like his build is great. Good athletic ability, uh, really long arms. And I, I just think, you know, I think he just needs to kind of catch up to playing with these guys, but like he has all the necessary traits to be able to do it. So he'd be my late round flyer in terms of a tackle. Uh I'll, I'll throw out a late round flyer. Now, obviously, uh, I'm going like six, seventh round type guys. Yeah, I think Willis goes probably like in that five, six range. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. We're in terms of projection, at least. I have him graded a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't want to be a homer here, but Gene DeLance has tools. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's short, right? Six, three. People are going to be concerned about that dude has vines mm-hmm. 35 inch arms he has okay tape but like pretty good testing a little bit slow on the 40 
Uh, but overall, I think he is another one of these developmental guys where, like, I have him above Falele by a sizable. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I, I hate Falele. <laughs> it's it's not like some super pro to Lance. I just do not like Falele. Yeah, I mean, Falele, he's, he can play for the Ravens. I feel like the Seahawks would like him and maybe the Titans, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I have, like, a six on Falele. Yeah, it's concerning. Yeah, it, I just, like don't love him i just want to emphasize that more and more that philele is not good um but no like i think the lance if you're looking at a seventh round pick a sixth round pick i think he's worth a flyer just because of the especially that arm length and and a decent athlete and actual like solid tape Mm -hmm. it's not it's not fantastic but it's all right you know pretty good run blocker they love to run behind that right side of the line with uh Stuart reese who's not good um <laughs> and delance uh so they they loved running behind those two which i think most of that was delance more so than reese um but yeah uh we mentioned him earlier as well uh nicholas petit frere i think is a guy who if you're if you can get him in that fourth round range i think he is uh he needs to uh get a lot stronger you can teach him how to block people. Yeah, he'll be good. Yeah, he has uh he's a bad athlete that is known for his footwork, but like again, if he falls to the like the appropriate range, I think he's worth a flyer. But the problem is I think he's going to go like third round. Oh yeah, he is. Um, which he's going to be a bust at that point because he's going to be expected to play fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there's the petite fair is a nar guy where I want him to sit for two years and get, yeah, that would be best. Yeah. Get a lot of strength training, get under a good offensive line coach and develop. He is not ready for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anybody else you want to shout out here? Uh, no, that I not really. There's like a few guys that are just massive. Like that, like, I think will probably be like round seven picks. Like, Bamadele Olaseni from Utah, who's 6'7", 348. Caleb Jones from Indiana, who's 6'9", 369. Like, just massive dudes that'll probably get drafted because there aren't many people of that size, and it's just, like, teams will take them because there are very few humans that are that big. So just always fun to keep an eye out where those guys end up. That's it for me, though. Yeah, uh, I, again, I don't think there's, um, like, I'll shout out Gotiki. I think he can be a Oh, I do like, I, I like Gotiki a good bit, yep. Yep. Uh, shout him out. Uh, Rashid Walker is a developmental guy. I think he mm-hmm. might be overdrafted, though, is the problem with him. Yeah, I would say he's kind of the the last before you really dive into the like late round developmental guys. Like there's a like there's we talked about there's a cliff out of the first three. Then it kind of plateaus into some of the guys we talked about in, uh, in this episode. And then it gets like Rashid Walker and then it's off another big cliff. So yeah, it's a yeah. weird tackle class. And then uh, another name to watch is Zach Tom. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. like him moving inside to mm-hmm. center. Yeah, he's played um, everywhere for Wake Forest. He's played left tackle, he's played center, he's played guard. He's done everything. I think most people like him moving inside to center, mm-hmm. but uh, just yeah. another name to watch there. And uh, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we will be back again. Have more podcasts coming this week because it's draft week. Pushing everything out for all you, for you guys. And uh We'll be back. Until then, let's get fired up.